you're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Throughout the week, several of you who were in my office or here on Wednesday night heard me share excuse me, that my favorite metaphor for the church is a river. The river brings life, it brings energy, it brings power, it brings strength. If you've ever sat down next to a river, especially those kind like in Colorado that are coming across the rocks, great peace and great comfort, you just sit there and just love those moments. So many thoughts and perspectives come into play when we consider a river both wide and abundant. So I I love the metaphor. The source of this metaphor for me originates in John chapter 17, verse 20, when Jesus is praying, because again, he prays first for himself, he prays next for the disciples, and then in verse 20, he begins praying for us. And he prays, the very first thing he prays over us, those who believe, is that we would be one. And again, we have to ask the question and answer it, Did God hear that prayer and did he answer it? And the answer is absolutely yes. Now, we may not fully understand it. I hope we have clarity by the time we leave this morning. But God only created and established one church. There's there's not many. There's not several. It includes all believers across all denominations in all cities and towns, including all races, all creeds, all nations, all tongues, united by one spirit, there's only one church. He didn't talk about multiple churches. He made one. Even as Paul was writing to the churches, what would he say? To the church in Laodicea, to the church in Philippi, to the church in Thessalonica. Many locations, a lot of geography, yes. How many churches? Only one. Only one church. This is not some form of universalism. This isn't that, that there's just one church and we all belong to it and, and that uh, universalism teaches that, that eventually everyone will be saved. I'm not trying to say that, but I am saying of the believers, there is truly only one church. He has made us collectively to be one. The picture of this looping, meandering River appeals to that oneness and the flow that the Holy Spirit creates. You've heard me describe it. It picks up the believers here, goes across the street into the Church of Christ and picks up the believers there and out to Fairview, into Leveland, into Lubbock, into the uttermost parts of the world until that river returns back here and full of blessing and full of goodness because of the unity that the Holy Spirit creates in the hearts and the lives of believers. The Bible speaks of this symbolism as well. I'm going to go there because I don't want this to just be my opinion. I want you to see it in the Scripture. So I'll start with Ezekiel 47, begin reading in verse 5. This is a description of the river that is flowing out from the throne of God. It starts in verse 1, and it starts talking about this river that's flowing. And then it, it gets to be ankle deep, and then it gets to be waist deep. And by the time we get to this description, the river is just this this wide and flowing river. Ezekiel 47, verse 5. Afterward, 
He measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the water the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the water. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were, were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters issued out toward the east country, and go down into the desert, and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the water shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that lives, which moves, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live, and there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live where the river comes. So we get this wonderful picture, prophetic picture in Ezekiel of this day when the river will flow out of the throne of God. And it will bring healing. It'll bring healing to us. It'll bring healing to the nations. And it'll be a river because it's starting as a trickle. It gets to our knees and gets to our waist. But there will be a day when that river is unstoppable. Revelation 22 verse 1 speaks of this same river, the very end of Scripture. And he showed me a river of living water, bright as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. In the midst of the street thereof and on the other side was a tree of life. <clears throat> bearing 12 kinds of fruits, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of all nations. So again, here's, here's a, a bit of a picture of this river. John 7, verse 37. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me, as saith the Scripture, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, where's that river originating right now? Because of that spirit that lives in us. It's coming out of us. It has flown into us, come into us by the Holy Spirit. It flows out of us as this river of living water, verse 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So we get this picture of the believers connected by the Holy Spirit, flowing like this river, and, and the question is, is it flowing as a trickle or is it a wide flowing river bringing life in abundance? So there's the background of the metaphor. Several uh, Wednesday nights ago, I was talking to Lacey McAdams and, and this topic came up. And we were standing over here and I, I, I think this was the first time that I made this comment that as a pastor, as a church, as fellow believers, we have a privilege, but also a responsibility to be stewards of this section of the river. That, that, that there's a lot of river flowing into us and there's a lot of river beyond us. But right now, he has made us stewards over this river, this portion here in Sundown, in that school, in this community, in this area, in, 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 in Leveland and in Lubbock and beyond that, but he has given us a responsibility over this small portion of this river. And what a privilege and what a blessing it is to be able to recognize that we are stewards of something that is flowing and so powerful. So here we are, gathered together as the caregivers over this section of the river that runs through sundown in the area and all he sends. In my mind, I see this very clearly. As stewards of this section of the river, it becomes our privilege to openly receive the Holy Spirit that flows in and by His Spirit 
then we're prepared to flow out. But something has to happen, and it has to happen fully and completely. So, so Tiffany, I want you to be the pastor of this Orange Church. Okay. And just, if you would, just stand right up here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you some members. Yes. So, Jay, Jay, would you come be a member of Tiffany's Church? Janice, would you come be a member of Tiffany's Church? That, that, that's an orange church. That's the, that's the first church of the last hope right there. <laughs> Max, would you come be a pastor of one of these churches? You can just stand right up here if you would, please, and just I'll get you some members. Shorty and Teresa, why don't you come be members of, of Max's church? Okay, Jesse, come, come pastor a church right down here, if you would, please. Just stand on that first or second step. Danny and Amy, would you come join his church? Jackie, you want to pastor a pink church? Yeah. All right, I bet you can, yeah. You want to go to his church? Melanie and Judy, we'll make his a big church. Let's have four in his church. That's a mega church. Yeah, there we go. Gina, Gina, come pastor a church. Valentin, Diana, come be members of her church. Yeah, everybody get your hands on the sign. Everybody's got to hold the sign. Okay, we need one more. Ryan, come, come pastor a church for me. Just get right in here. Eliza and Tressa, y'all come join this church, if you would, please. Lots of churches. Yellow ones, blue ones, green ones, all kinds, all different. All, you know, if, if I gave them Crayolas, they'd color their sign. They'd make up a name. They'd, they'd get in a contest to see which one could make the nicest sign. Some people would mount it on the board. Some would put it on the church. Here's the question. One of the unfortunate things that's happening is that we still have a, a desire to make this place the church. You see, I could look at every one of those and call them a church. They just don't happen to be. If I'm going to turn this into a church, what, what has to happen? I, I, want, I want everybody to lock hands with the person to your left and right. Come on, somebody figure this out. Yeah, back there, y'all got it. Somebody follow their lead back there. What else has to happen? Drop the sign. Now, there's the church. There's, there's the church. And there's a connection. And it flows and it links. And the person to the right and to the left matter. But we can't become that until we drop the sign. I'm not talking about the signs on church. I'm talking about the signs in our hearts. I'm talking about the messages that we send. I'm talking about the unity that he wants to build. And how much we need to lay down so the river can flow. 
because we stop it because we're concentrated on this place, taking pride in our sign, taking pride in our color, and there's nothing wrong. This, this building is part of the section of this river. We get to take care of it. I'm glad for that. It's nice to be able to meet in here where it's cool and the wind's not blowing. It's nice. But this isn't the church. The church is connected with the one over here and the one out there and the ones in Leva and the ones in Lubbock. That's the church. You can sit next to somebody on an airplane that you've never met before, and in a few words, you'll recognize that they're a believer and you die for them because you're so connected by something that the Spirit does that we cannot otherwise have. Thank you all. You can go back. Thank you for those back there who figured this out quickly. <laughs> I knew y'all were the smart group. I knew. Just <laughs> so that happens first. So how do we steward this section of the river? I have, I have four things I want to draw our attention to. First of all, we do just that. That's point number one. We drop all barriers that would cause someone to be hesitant to step into the river in this place. There are those right here in this community, in the school, in the area that aren't in the river. They, they, they have never come to that place. They've never understood or received or heard the message of Jesus Christ and the saving power of his blood and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. They've never heard of it or they've heard and, ne and never saw it, but I can tell you, I want them to step in the river here. Not for pride's sake. I just want, I want the river to be so welcoming, so cooling and so refreshing that they would be eager to step into the river and join the flow and become part, not of us, not of me, but of the river, of the church, that one body of Christ. Jan and I heard a quote. Uh, it was read uh, from John Meacham's book, The Soul of America. Like, what a strange place to get a reference. But the, the name of the book, The Soul of America, The Battle Over Our Better Angels, from the quote by Abraham Lincoln. Again, I know this is speaking of our nation, but it's truly relevant to the Christian story as well. This is the quote. In our finest hours, the soul of the country manifests itself in an inclination to open arms rather than to clench, our, to clench our fist, to look out rather than to turn inward, to accept rather than to reject. In so doing, America has grown even stronger, confident that the choice of light over dark is the means by which we pursue progress. Listen to those words in there because you want to know how to get people to step into the river. It's not because we're just out there knocking on their doors, though that's okay if you want to do that. What invites them to the river is that we choose to open our arms instead of raise our fist. Max pointed out this morning, and never seen this before, but we were in John chapter 8, and Jesus was in the temple having this conversation with the Pharisees, and it was aggressive conversation, and I mean, he was pointing out some things to them, and it says that they took out stones, and he left before they could stone him. And Max pointed out how interesting it was that they had the stones inside the temple. Like, wow. They, man, they came ready. You don't look the same. You don't, act, you, don't, you don't behave like you're supposed to behave. Oh, I tell you what, God loves who you are. He loves the uniqueness of who you are. He loves what he's made. He loves the difference. 
He loves the shapes. He loves the sizes. He loves the colors. He loves everything that he's made. He just simply chooses to, to unite it by the Holy Spirit so that, not, so that it becomes the most beautiful version of itself that it could possibly be linked together. But how often we come with stones into the temple ready to drive out the difference. He says, in those better moments of our lives, we open our arms instead of clenching our fist. We choose light over dark. We accept rather than reject. And I tell you what, I have loved you for these past 11 years because you've lived that openness. It's changing always. But I love the fact that, we, that, that your hearts make an announcement to anyone who wants to that they're welcome here. Barriers are removed. Judgments have ceased. Arms are opened. And we look outward to love one another rather than inward to protect ourselves. The second thing is we so love as Jesus first loved us that those who don't know him and the power of his resurrection might see him and know him by our witness, that they would see something. When, uh, I want to ask you all this question. When you were a kid, how many of you played hide-and-seek? Okay, at the end of the game, uh, who do I want to pick on here? Bouton, he's good. <laughs> no, Bouton's had enough. Uh, when, the, when the game was over and there were people still hiding, but the game was over, what did you say to get them to come in? Anybody? Ollie, Ollie, oxen free, right? Is that it? It's over, come in. It's over, yeah, come on. We, 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 would, we would yell out, Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. And what in the world does that mean? You know, you know what it really says? Ollie, Ollie, outs in free. All of you that are out, come in free. Ollie, Ollie, outs in free. That's what it really says. All out, come in free. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> well, that could have. I could, I said, don't tell Danny. Whisper it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like he'll, he'll figure it out tomorrow sometime. He just, he'll just think we went camping. Ollie Ollie outs in free. Our childhood announcement was everyone that's out, come in free. I like that message. I like standing in the banks of that river, the banks of that river, standing in the, in the edge of the water, yelling as loud as we can to anyone who can hear. If you're out, come in. It's free. It doesn't mean that it didn't cost Jesus a great deal. This grace isn't cheap. It's very expensive. He paid a price that we couldn't pay. He paid a debt that, that there was no way for us to ever even begin to remove. But I will tell you, and we know this to be true, that that grace was expensive because it cost him his life. But it cost him his life so that we could offer it to each other free. How many of you, if you know this song, sing it with me. 
God forgave my sin in Jesus' name. I've been born again in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name I come to you to share his love as he told me to. He said, freely, freely you have received, freely, freely give. Go in my name, and because you believe, others will know that I live. <clears throat> All power is given in Jesus' name, in earth and heaven, in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I come to you to share his power as he told me to. He said, freely, freely you have received, freely, freely give. Go in my name, and because you believe, others will know that I Do you hear the river? Freely I received, and freely I give. What an amazing recognition that we can stand there and say, all outs in free. The third thing that we must do to be good stewards of this river is we must absolutely be aware of identity as compared to activity. And David got it started up here. I want us to look at this. <clears throat> the typical teaching within the Christian church is that we are about activity. We're about doing. I will tell you with all assurance that the Christian church is about identity and about being. Jesus said it numerous times. I am. I am. God said that I am. Being will produce in us relationships and true identity. And out of that, those relationships and true identity will be produced a very, very natural fruit. I love this because what, what should be happening in our life every day as we leave here, as we go into our offices, as we go into classrooms, our lives, by the very nature of the Holy Spirit living in us, should produce a very, very natural fruit. I do not have to tell that apple tree what to do. It's producing a fruit that's natural to the identity that it has. When I know that I'm a child of God, when I know who I am individually and collectively, personally as wisdom, then a very natural fruit is produced. But if we get into the world of activity and doing, it will produce, a, it will produce religion and it will produce a false identity. Would you go ahead to the next one, David? Out of that, we will produce an unnatural fruit. Now look on the bottom over there, what, will, what the natural fruit, love, mercy, grace, kindness, gentleness, and, and forgiveness. But how many of y'all, when you were little, had a, had a bowl of fruit on your dining room table? Yeah, a lot of us did. 
how, you know, how tasty was that fruit? No, because most of it was plastic. <laughs> or wax. Yeah, some of it was wax. That old stuff was wax. Artificial, lifeless, all about appearance, all about show, but totally dead. I will assure you, activity out of religion will produce a very false fruit that will have absolutely those characteristics, an inability to give life, largely for show, about appearance, and absolutely dead. If we don't understand identity, we will be busy trying to attract people to the river, but it won't be the river, it will be the Dead Sea. Nothing flowing in, nothing flowing out, stagnant, and we're inviting them into something that is lifeless and powerless, and, and we'll wonder why their lives are not changing, why they're not growing, why, they're not, why, why there's no flow even within their own story. There has to be this change from, from activity and the busyness of church to the identity of who God is and who he says that we are. The last one, number four. If we're going to be good stewards of this river, we must lift him up. Watch the scripture, John 12, 30. Jesus answered and said, this voice come not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of the world be cast out. And if I be lifted up upon the earth, will draw all men unto me. Then he said, signifying what death he should die. If I want somebody to come step into this river, I better be lifting him up. He better be the center of our focus. He needs to be the, the, the attention of our praise and worship. He needs to be the source of our life. He needs to be the flowing in. He needs to be the flowing out. Because if he's lifted up, he said, you won't have to do anything except be obedient because I will draw all men into the flow of this river. We might have stepped in dry, but we're supposed to be leaving wet, drenched, because we have encountered him. Step into the river and let that river begin to take you. That's the beauty of the river. When I was younger, man, that was one of the things I really liked. I liked to get on an inner, inner tube and float the river. But I was at the river's mercy. It took, me where, it took me where it was going, and I had very little say in it. Unless I wanted to get out by my effort, walk and carry, and carry that inner tube, if I was in the river, it was determining where I was going. I so desire for me individually, but especially for us collectively, to be carried by that river in every direction that he chooses so that when somebody looks at us, they don't see this building sitting on this corner, they see the church, arms open, no clenched fist, no stones, no judgment, mercy, grace, goodness, kindness, connected by the Holy Spirit, so that, so that anybody who would come, we can, we, can, we can announce, come in, it's free, and, in, and enjoy, live, what only the Holy Spirit can do. That's the river. That's why I love it. Lord, we thank you this morning 
I pray that this connects. I pray, Lord, that first of all, anybody who's got barriers would just let them go. Just live in the freedom, Lord, that you are capable, that you are able, that you can draw men. You can draw women, you can draw boys, and you can draw girls if you just would be lifted up. So thank you, Father, that you give us that clarity to lay down those things in our hands so that our hands could be lifted to you. Our worship, our praise, our acknowledgement would be you and you alone. You are our focus. You know our coming and you know our going. We look to the hills from which our strength comes. Lord, thank you that you give us this vivid picture, this clarity. So Lord, we just ask that we would be this people as stewards and the, and the keepers of this part of the river that it would just be an expression of who you are. Anybody looking at the river would not see us, but they would see you. You said it clearly in the book of John that it is the Holy Spirit that flows out of us, out of our, the rivers of, of living water that come out of our belly, that come out of who we are. It's the Holy Spirit. So let you be recognized. Let you be glorified. Let you be blessed and honored as we steward this portion. Thank you, Father, that you've allowed us to. Thank you that you've trusted us with it. Thank you that you have drawn men and women to it and boys and girls to it. Thank you, Father, for all that you have prepared and all that you've done. We're just going to stand and glorify you and thank you, Father, for all that you have done and all that you're continuing to do. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.